I need to ask you a question. If you believe that Jesus is coming back soon, I want you to think about those words that Jesus is about to return. He said, watch and pray. You don't, you don't know the day. You don't know the hour. But you are to watch and pray. Because at the very time when you don't think that I'm going to come, I'm going to come. And folks, I'm not spending much time on this. But I, I want to just say something that really has a lot to do with that song and this message and the current week we have just all witnessed and lived through. You see, I know that coronavirus is only one small part of a huge puzzle. See, Satan is not just going to say, well, I've been able to devastate everything from lives to homes to businesses, governments, economies. He's not doing just that, and now he's off on a vacation somewhere with demons. I'm telling you now, what has happened this week is only going to escalate because, see, the times are short, and the stage is not only set now, but final things are being put in place. And, and you need to understand that there is only one response. There is only one attitude to have right now. I didn't even learn this week we were away on vacation, and I really didn't know about what happened in Minnesota until Thursday or Friday because I'm, I'm just unplugged. I, I'm, I'm really unplugged. I'm definitely not on social media uh, on a regular basis, pretty much so, and I'm not during that time, didn't watch any TV. You don't pay money to go watch TV is the, the way I feel about vacation. Uh, and I, I didn't hear about this awful thing that happened to this man, and it was straight from hell. Let me tell you that. It was straight from hell, and it, it's unnecessary, but it's, it's a problem that it, it's not going anywhere. We can be politically correct as we want to, just like abortion's not going anywhere. Liars, they're not going anywhere. Crooked politicians and governments and and businesses, and just uh, sin in general. It's not going anywhere. It's Satan's tool. He will put on whatever mask and uniform, whether it's one of racism or just human trafficking or abortion or abuse or um, just, just plain out cruelty. He will do this. But I want you to know this, that while this is going on, and you would think that this virus would be enough. Oh, oh no, it's not enough. Quite the contrary. It's, it's nowhere near enough, you see. Because Satan didn't come just to kill. He came to steal. He came to destroy. See, he's not interested in just one thing. He will carry out all, throw, all three of those things that Jesus mentioned, that I'm mentioning the words of Jesus today, he will carry it out in every form he possibly can. So you can't change people. You can't have a movement big enough. You can't have a 
a, a, a launch or anything uh, big enough, a campaign is the word I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. You can't have anything at all. I don't care how many movie stars you get involved to make little cheesy commercials. I don't care about any of those things. You can print everything you want to, but I, I, I want you to understand this. You need to understand this, that there is no way, no way at all that we can continue to expect things to get better, things to get better at all until we know right here and right here the time that we're living in. You can, you can vent, you can get frustrated. You can, you can uh, post, you can blog, you can text, you can even march. And if you think that rioting is a correct response, you can even riot if you want to. And, and try to justify everything that you do. You can, you can do all of these things. But it's not going to change. Because there's only one thing that can confront sin. And that is the power of God. You can know the Bible. You can know Christian songs. You can do nice things in the community, but it's not going to change things unless it comes from a real, genuine vessel that understands it, that lives by it, that digests it, that walks by it. That's the only thing that will, will address what's happening in our world, and what is going to continue to happen. So there you go. A lot of good news on this last day of May. Amen? No, I'm just telling you what, what's been happening this week. And now I'm, I'm just letting you see a spiritual light, which is not available on TV. So what do we do? What, what does the church need to be doing about all this? I mean, everybody else is having shirts made and stickers and banners and marching and giving their two cents online. Well, so, so what do we need to do? And, and by the way, let me just tell you this. I pray for this family who is having to deal with this nonsense that happened. And I'll tell you this. There, there are some crooked law enforcement officers out there. I understand that. But there are a lot of good law enforcement officers out there who are daddies and granddaddies and mamas and grandmamas that just go to work every day for a measly twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars and put their lives on the line for me and you. And they wind up getting shot or stabbed or beaten to death. And then there's some that carry out this crazy thing. There's also a, a great deal of people who are of color, of different backgrounds that never do anything wrong and they get caught in the crossfire. I understand that. And then there's some bad people. But there's bad preachers. There's bad lawyers. There's bad bankers. There's certainly a ton of bad politicians. There's bad movie stars. There's bad uh, rock singers, country singers, pop singers, jazz singers, rap singers, gospel singers. There's a lot of bad in everything. And none of this justifies anything. But I want to tell you about the church because this is where I live. This is where I'm called to. I'm called to be salt and light, and so are you. 
So, in the book of John, Jesus tells us about a story of a woman at a well that you know this, you know this story. And he goes through this whole thing about getting something to drink. And she said, how can you get something to drink? You don't have anything to drink and all that. You know, he says, you've got five husbands you've had. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. And then, verse 23 says, but the, she, she, he says this because he says, we're going to go, uh, the, the time to worship God is right now. He said, but the hour is coming because she questioned about worshiping. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father. The true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now listen, the Father, Abba Father, my Father, the Father is seeking such. such what is such? A true worshiper. The Father is seeking that kind of person, and he only names a true worshiper to worship him. God, you see, is a spirit, Jesus told her. And those who worship him, I love that he, the Son of God, my Savior, used the word must. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Why is it so urgent? Why was this so urgent? Because Jesus told the woman that now, now is the time when the Father must be worshipped, church. Now is the time when the Father must be worshipped. Not Five months from now, when we think that the virus is gone, it's eradicated, and things are back to normal, or November when somebody is either voted back in or a new person is voted in, Jesus said, no, now is the time. Now, say now wherever you are. Now is the time when the Father must be worshipped. Right now is when he must be worshipped. And I'm going to tell you, this is where we are today. The Father is having a lot of worship songs written about Him. There's a lot of worship albums. There, there were a lot of worship concerts and seminars and conferences going on about. And it was called just that worship. But you see, the Bible makes it clear that God's not interested in anything at all even though it's called worship unless it's true worship why am I so worked up already because he said now it's urgent now is the time and more people will talk to me about all the bad things happening all the infected people all the death that is going on and I understand we're in this world I know it. I'm not oblivious. I don't walk around with some kind of arrogant attitude like it's not going to get me or anything like that. I don't. I don't live by fear, but I, I know where we are. I know how we're living. But I'm not interested in but what Jesus said. He said, now is the time when you must worship me. But you can't just do what people call worship 
and you call that worship. You can't do it. Because, see, when we worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, I want you to hear this. When we worship Him in spirit and in truth, this is exactly what takes place. The Spirit will always manifest Himself in some kind of way. When true worship happens, the Spirit will always manifest because it's not a quiet thing. It's not a real uh, unnoticeable thing. It's not a reserved thing. See, and we're seeing a lot of worship over the past decade. We've seen a lot of worship. And we love worship at this church. We love worship songs. We love worship music. See, worship has been changed a lot from what Jesus was talking about to what he really meant for me and you to be doing. He meant for me and you to be a true worship. See, worship today is very marketable. Worship today is the pop culture of Christianity. It's the pop version of Christianity. Now, I'm not attacking any person, any church, any group, or any song. And I want to make that clear. Because I don't think there's, I'll use for an example, I don't know unless you are a super religious Pharisee that you can twist the words of what a beautiful name, the name of Jesus. You have no rival, you have no equal. And I know people attack all these people that sing in groups and, you know, everybody's got flaws. I'm preaching today and I wish I was flawless, but I'm not. I'm not attacking people and all this, but worship has become something that is widely accepted, not only in the church, but in the world. And that is fine. But you just got to understand it. True worship and worship are two different things. And why are you spending so much time on it, Opie? Because when true worship takes place by a true worshiper, the Spirit will always manifest Himself. And we are living with everything from a deadly virus to chronic sin that's always showing its face. And it doesn't care about the things you care about which is economy and sickness and unemployment. Sin doesn't care about that, folks. Sin will always do its thing until it gets around a righteous person that is a true worshiper of God that can shut it down by the fruit of your lips. It's so quiet in this church. I really wished I had a... I wish I had 10,000 people or just one Holy Ghost filled person that was, was in here with me right now. But I'm telling you, I feel the power of God in my life right now. We don't worship in spirit when we call singing worship so we don't see the manifestations. And neither do most people that you know. I'll say that. See, when, when you get lost, and I don't mean it's uncontrollable emotionalism necessarily you can be a true worshiper and just filled eyes that are full of tears 
and it's just wet in your face. See, I'm not looking for uh, an external certain item or thing. God is not. That's not true. I, I, I have grown up seeing a lot of external things. Some of it was true, but a lot of it wasn't. A lot of it was just man-made. A lot of it was just responding to whatever was going on at the moment. Because, see, a true worship and a true worshiper is not something that you turn on at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning or 10.30 or 11 or 11.15 or early service, 8.30. That's not what true worship is. In fact, when Jesus said this to this lady in John 23 of chapter 4, there was a definition that he used when he gave the word true. Now, I want to I show you what he meant when he called, and then you will be able to. You say, well, you're judging. No, I'm not. I'm giving you the word of God right now. True means this right here. This is the, the, the Greek definition of when he said true, you hear true. This is what he meant. That which is not only the name and resemblance, but the real nature corresponding to the name in every respect, corresponding to the idea signified by the name real, true, genuine. I want to go back to that. He said it's not only somebody that says I'm a true worship, but the real nature of this person corresponds to this. It's also a sub-definition is opposite. You see it there. A, opposite to what is fictitious. Here we go. Counterfeit, imaginary, simulated, or, or pretended. And B, or opposite to what is imperfect, defective, frail or uncertain. Imagine that. It's also true, vicarious, and sincere. So listen to me. Look at me. Listen. A true worshiper from the words of Jesus is somebody, a person that when they begin to worship, the name of God, the name that's higher than all names, Jesus Christ. They resemble what they are saying. They resemble their life, not on Sunday, but when they're dealing with a customer or an employee or a fellow co-worker or a student or a neighbor or a cashier or a waitress or somebody changing your oil or cutting your grass or washing your car. They're a true worshiper. They do not change. They're true. They're not frail or uncertain. You see what I mean, church? You see what the Lord means? That's what a true worshiper is. A true person. The Lord said, I don't just want a worshiper. That doesn't do a thing. A true worshiper is somebody that has that real nature. That's who they are. It's, it's what they do every day. They do it in their car. Their homes are filled with true worship all the time. Because it's what they are. It's who they are. That's what he said. He said, I want a true 
worship. What did he mean? Okay, what did he mean when he said the word worship? Well, I know what that is. That's a, a song when you repeat the words or put your hands in the air. Now, let's look at that. What is the word worship? What did Jesus mean? This actually means, folks, when he said the word worship to this woman, he said he was meaning somebody that understands like to kiss the hand to one in token of reverence. It's like you, when you are worshiping, you are singing words, you are harmonizing, you are saying things with your mouth, but with your actions, with your heart, with your attitude, what you are doing, you are actually kissing the hand of an almighty, nail-scarred hand God that loved you enough to reach down and save you. If that's not what's on your heart or in your mind or on your lips, when you are singing what you call worship songs to God, then you are not a true worshiper. You're not a true worshiper. You're not. That's what he said. He said not only is it that, but it also means among the Orientals, especially the Persians, to actually like fall down. Imagine this. To fall upon your knees and touch the ground with the forehead. You don't just get down and bow. But you touch the ground with your face to the ground as a, as a total submissive expression to the Godhead and the holiness and the beauty and the reverence of God and how good He is. It also meant in the New Testament by kneeling or prostration to do homage, homage to make obeisance whether in order to express respect or to make supplication this is what this means this means i worship god i understand oh i may not even be able to get the first verse of a song out when i'm singing to god because i'm down and i can't do it because we we can't get it with the camera i understand that right now but i want you to understand this that it means I literally fall, and you've heard the expression if you've been in the faith. I, I fall prostrate before the Lord, and I get down on my face with my face to the ground in total submission, but in total honor, in total humility. That's the attitude I have when I sing. What a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. Or a holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation, I sing praise to the King of kings. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the attitude I have. Oh, praise His holy name. This is what I do. This is what's on my mind. Not if I'm impressing you or not. Not if people are watching me and want to materialize me and be like me. Oh, no. But what's on my mind is the God that saved me and who He is. And I'm humbled to say, yet speak and sing His name. It's like I'm kissing His face. It's like I'm holding His hand. It's like I'm kneeling before Him. And I'm with the elders crying, holy, holy, holy. That's what a true worshiper is every time. And if that's not what's going on, God's not being worshipped. You might be worshipped by people that admire you or love your voice or your playing or your skill level or your knowledge or your stage costume or your presence or your lights or your smoke or all the beautiful things that you do. But God's not being worshipped. Why is this important on Pentecost Sunday? Because you're living smack dab in the middle of sin. 
And the only thing that can get you out of the environment you're in, even if your body is still stuck here, is to be a true worshiper. See, you can worship your way out of anything. You can worship your way out of anything. You hear me? Because, see, when you worship, when you worship God in this church or in your living room, when you worship God, you know what takes place? Oh, yes, He's here. And we think that whenever you worship the Lord in spirit, and in truth, see, the Spirit always bears witness. I just mentioned this about two weeks ago to you. But the Spirit bears witness. See, when, when, when we worship God, folks, and we are a true worshiper, and we know what we're doing, we understand what we're doing, and it changes, it navigates my body language when I begin to sing or play, or when I raise, it navigates who I am, it defines who I am. When I begin to do this, I want you to listen to this. See, God's always here. We think, well, it, when we worship, He inhabits our praises, and He does. But you're missing something on this. A true worshiper. See, when you become a true worshiper, hallelujah to His name. It doesn't make God aware of you. He's already, the Bible says He's mindful of me. But when you become a true worshiper, it makes you mindful of Him and His Spirit. He's always here. Mackie Mimes, His song all the time. He is here. Hallelujah. He is here. Praise His name. He is here. Holy, holy. See, it makes you and me mindful when we begin to worship the Lord. In the, what the Bible calls the beauty of holiness. And he was telling this woman this day, sitting on the edge of a well, while his disciples were going to get food. He said this right here. He said, oh, now is the time when the true worshipers need to worship me. And it's not going to change around us. It's not going to change. And see, that's why the Bible tells us, out of the mouth of babies, you have perfected praise that's why I told this story about a month or two ago from the time Beckham was two weeks old when he was having a hard time sleeping that's why I began to play that song great 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 are you Lord to get that in that baby system because I want you to understand this he is a great God and I want you to know that out of the mouth of babes God has perfected praise and when we Praise the Lord in true worship. When we worship God and we realize what we're doing and we do that, then we no longer are interested in a fancy haircut or clothes that draw people's attention to us. See, and it's very distracting. A lot of people try to fit in on stages everywhere. We've tried to drive this home at this stage. We tried to tell the people here, don't look at the congregation, you'll get depressed. And we also have to tell the congregation sometimes, don't look at the praise team, choir band, or you'll get depressed sometimes. Because people are not truly worshiping. Well, Opie, I can't believe you're saying that. And the people just praise the Lord. I'm not, I'm not throwing off on our people. I'm telling you that you cannot get your eyes on people 
and still be a true worshiper at the same time. You cannot be kissing the hand of Almighty God while you're idolizing somebody on a stage somewhere or looking at them. And God forbid you're one of those people that can just sit with your arms folded while the worship of God is going on in any church anywhere. You're certainly not a true worshiper. You don't understand what it is. You're watching a program. See, true worshipers are moved to either their feet or their face is what this word tells us. A true worshiper. You know what? It's funny that I know we're streaming live right now, but it's funny how I can feel resistance like I feel in this room sometimes. But I'm not, I'm not the one resisting. I'm not the one that's pushing. This is the presence. This is the word of God working on me and you right now. Because see, now is the time you see. The riots are not going to stop. The diseases are not going to stop. The abortions are not going to stop. The killing, the molestations are not going to stop. Embezzlement, crooked politics are not going to stop. But I tell you what, you can leave this world as a true worshiper when the trumpet sounds. See, everything else is a form of godliness. And as bad as I told you, I want to see this place full of people again. I don't want to see this place like the last service we had. And I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you that now is the time when if you are a believer, it's time to be a true worshiper. It's the only thing that's going to get you out of what you're in, friend. A true worshiper. You see that the Spirit will always, will always speak for itself through manifestations. This is why people sing themselves to death at concerts and church services and all kinds of movements. But there's never a manifestation at all. Never a manifestation it's because there was not true worship going on. There was just music. Great music. Wonderful music. Awesome music. Synchronized music. Beautiful music. Nothing is wrong with that. That's what we strive for. But everything falls. Falls to true worship. You see, it was true worship. That Paul and Silas, when they were locked up in prison, if Paul and Silas had not have worshipped the Lord in spirit and in truth, that word, when the Lord was using that word, he was referring to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. You look at the usage of that word, and it was used about 79 times just in the book of Acts alone, the form that he was meaning. See, Paul and Silas, when they were true worshipers, see, at midnight, they sang songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. So it's not a style. It's not a style. By the way, a lot of people are hung up on just contemporary worship. A lot of people are hung up just on old hymn worship or just southern gospel type worship. And if you don't sing what they say, then... They say it's not worship, but what they don't understand is none of it's worship. It's none of it's worship. It's Christian entertainment at its best, because you read, you read what the Lord said. The real 
definition of true worship is. And see, David, they would have never seen those chains fall off, but it was the Spirit manifesting itself because true worship was going on. When Joshua, with the children of Israel, were marching around Jericho six days, six days blowing the trumpet, but on the seventh day, the people shouted, the walls of Jericho fell because of true worship, you see. And the priests and the Levites, what about in Second Chronicles? The priests and the Levites, when true worship went on, then nothing else could take place because smoke filled. The Spirit responded in a way that it was smoke. Filled in the house and nothing else could take because the presence of God was so strong in manifestations that nothing else could happen, folks. David would have never killed a giant, you see, a big giant. David would have never conquered his enemies. He would have never conquered kings and kingdoms and all of the things that he experienced. But you know what happened? The Bible says that David danced before the Lord. David even believed in singing a new song. See, that's what's wrong with a lot of people. They are religious even in their, their Christian music. If it's not an old song, then it's a wrong song. Well, the Bible says, I'll sing unto the Lord a, a new song. A new song. So there goes that religious doctrine. I want to ask you today. I want to challenge you. I'm not really challenging you. I'm just going to tell you something before I pray. Because God is seeking such to worship Him. Last night I saw a commercial that you've probably seen. And the Lord dealt with me after I watched that commercial. He reminded me of it this morning. And I'm going to give a disclaimer because somebody's going to get mad. Because you're more interested in the world. And the devil has more access to you than the Holy Ghost. And what I'm about to tell you. So I wish you wouldn't do it. But I watched a commercial last night. Of something that I can't stand. And it was the abuse. Of, of particularly dogs. And they played. You know that real somber. Sad. Showed you malnourished. Abused dogs and vets and all this. And for $19 a month. You can help. In that. And I, I don't. I understand support and causes to to keep people employed to help take care of things like this. But $19 a month won't end anything because the only thing that addresses sin is the Spirit of God. It's the Word of God. You can't end anything for $19 million a month or $19 a month. And they showed all this, and, you know, in the back of my mind, well, one thing I went to, I said, well... Wonder why they don't show a commercial with sad, somber music and millions of dumpsters of babies, full term babies.
that were aborted that some of you even condone with your votes and even maybe even fund it. And why don't they why don't they play somber music and say and show all these discarded fetuses, which a lot uh, a lot of the population in America are being coached into aborting babies so that people can get stem cells and you see I'm about to go somewhere I wasn't even planning on going, but listen to me, listen. Wonder why they don't play music and say for $19 a month you can help end abortion. Well, see, that's where we live. We treasure a dog over a human life, a baby. Now, I'd get spitfire mad if, if I knew anybody was doing anything to an animal, so I'm going to shut that down right now. I don't, and if you feel led to support that cause, you support it. That's good that you feel led to support that cause. But I wonder how many of you will start your day six days and on the seventh day, how many of you will starting today, you will spend 19 minutes? Not 19, I don't want $19 sent to the church. No, no. I'm asking you on behalf of my God. How many of you for the next six days you will march around Jericho? In true worship, you'll spend 19 minutes in the morning, sometime. Nothing else is going on. I mean, God doesn't have to compete with your TV, your phone, your computer, your watch, anything. For 19 minutes over the next six days until we, we reconvene here, unless the Lord calls us, next Sunday morning. How many of you, I'm not going to send you a reminder. If it's not in your heart, then I'm not sending, we're not texting or Facebooking or emailing. If it's important to you, you'll, you'll put it in your phone or write it down right now. That's another thing God's been dealing with me about. When we do meet, if we are able to meet fully again, that we're going to have to move quickly. From milk to meat in this church, that means all of us, we got to do a lot of growing up. We got to quit being people of drama, people of opinions, people of we support selective ministries in this church. God ain't in that mess. Listen, 19 minutes a day, true worship. I don't mean you just have Caleb playing and you're going in the back, background about your other business. I mean solitude time, 19 minutes. Can you do it? Will you do it? If you're online right now, I want you to text or message yes. And not just to be seen by other people that's online. Just text 19, message 19. Do it. I'm giving you a chance to write it down. I'm giving you a chance to put it in your phone. 19 minutes. I'm going to worship God in spirit and in truth. I need to pray. There's a lot of people that are watching right now. You're, you're full of fear. You are full of anger. You're full of frustration. You are, you get mad because a lot of people are ignoring what's going on and 
putting you and your family at risk. And you, you just, you're in a place. You were worried, and, and I'm going to tell you, we, we need to do it. Crime's everywhere. Uh, COVID hadn't stopped the killings in Scotland County, has it? See, the killings, uh, all the things that I've named and I haven't named, that, 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 that's consistent. You see, drugs and thugs and all these people, they don't care about this. Sin is still going to fulfill its mission. So will the church do it? And you need to be a true worshiper in order to stay focused and to stay fit for God. So 19 minutes from now, I don't mean you're singing songs. I hope you remember these definitions. In fact, Derek, is there any way you can put those two slides? And I'm going to do something weird. I want you to put the slide of true back on the screen right now. And if you will, with your phone or whatever you have, I want you to take your phone and take a picture of the word of this definition right now. If you got a way of screenshotting, for those of you that knows what that means on your computer, uh, I don't know the shortcut on Mac, but I know you can just hit the print screen. It's up there around F10 or 11 on your keyboard on a Windows unit. It's something funky on Mac, and I can't remember. But write this down. Take a picture of it. True. I'll give you five more seconds. And then I want you to take a picture of the definition of worship. Because if this does not define your 19 minutes, then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't worry about it. Just go on about it. Check your status. See what the weather forecast is. Are we going to get another inch and a half of rain this week? Or are we going to have sun? Or is it going to snow? Just go on and do that. Watch the rocket launch. See how they're doing up there. See if uh, gas is going. You know all the things that we're really that really matter in this life to the the body of Christ. Don't worry about your 19 minutes. I'm not being smart, Alec. I'm, I'm being you. I'm being real. True worship. 19 minutes. Because what you're gonna find out, you know, even if you're a little tender right now, because of I talked about dogs or all these other things. What you're going to find out when you do this is going to change the rest of your 23 hours and 41 minutes of that day. That's what's going to happen. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. I don't want to worship you halfway. I don't want to worship you. I don't want to worship you no other way. God, and I pray that you would be glorified. Lord, and I know people matter and people are concerned and people Need some kind of help, Lord. And we have it. God, if we begin to worship you, this place will explode. My life will explode. Our county will explode with Holy Ghost revival. Hallelujah. I will no longer feel the way I feel about things in this earth. I'm asking you, oh God, 
that you right now would touch every person that's viewing this. If somebody's watching this later, Lord, archived, I pray in the name of Jesus over that person that they would be disciplined because they're going to experience, we're going to have, Lord, an awareness that you are here. See, God, I know that it's when we're not in spirit, when we're carnal, when we're just about our everyday life, we can't sense you. That's why you gave us worship at this level so that we could sense you and then chains fall, walls fall, Lord. We shut the mouths of lions. We slay giants. So, God, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that I will perfect praise. I will become a true worshiper in every person that's a part of this right now in the name of Jesus.